Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message is a continuation in the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. With us today, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're going to look in the Gospel of Luke together. You want to turn with us, chapter 18, looking at a parable Jesus shared that uh, is referred to quite often. So you're very, I'm sure, very familiar with it, the Pharisee and the tax collectors. We're in Luke 18. We're going to pick up in verse 9 this morning. So Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke 18, picking up verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And let's have prayer again together. Lord, thank you for your word. I just ask that you would once again be able to speak to us and touch us. Help us, Lord, to be drawn closer to you. Give us wisdom and understanding. And Lord, may you also allow your word to be applicable to each of our lives. So may each of us be able to apply it, and may we each be drawn closer to you and be different. So I pray your blessings upon each one, and I thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Ronald Reagan was the 40th president of the United States. He was known as the great communicator. He believed that uh, if he had a chance to be able to talk to people directly, that he could get them to understand his viewpoint and to be able to uh, want to accept it. But before he became president, he was also governor of California. So he served as governor of California for eight years. And so he tells a story about when he was the governor of California that he got invited to speak in Mexico City. There's a huge crowd, and so he got up. They introduced him, and he got up to speak. And he said for some reason he just didn't connect to the crowd. You know, it, just, it was just like that they didn't quite comprehend what he was saying. And, and when they applauded, they just, you know, it was just very half-hearted. And, and so he just finished his speech, and he sat down. He said, I just don't understand. I thought it was a good speech. He said, I don't understand. <laughs> was it that bad? And he just kept running through his head what was going on. Well, the next fellow had got up and was speaking, and, and he couldn't, this fellow was speaking in Spanish, so he couldn't tell what this fellow was saying, but this fellow had the crowd going. He said, well, it, it, it must be, the, he must be doing something right because the crowd is really into what he's saying. And so he thought to himself, you know, I'm not going to be a bad sport about this. Maybe they just, for whatever reason, didn't like me. And he said, so... When this fellow, when they start clapping, I'm just going to clap. And I'm going to clap louder and longer than anyone. And I'm just going to let them know that I, 
They may not like me, but that's okay. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm a good sport about it. So he started doing that. And as that guy, every time he would just start clapping, and he was really clapped loud, and he was clapping longer. And then after a little while, somebody tapped him on the shoulder and said, I don't think you should do that. And he said, well, why not? Well, this guy's interpreting your speech. He's like, oh. Well, the Pharisees right here. Jesus is actually sharing what's going on with them, their hearts. Now, as they hear this, you know, they don't see a problem with it until they get to the end. So sometimes, you know, we've got to be careful about getting too full of ourselves and listening closely to what God has to say. And so Jesus, he points out here in chapter 18, verse 15, he starts off, he's going to, Luke actually shares with us a little bit about the crowd. And so he, he tells us about the crowd and their, their beliefs. And so notice verse number 9. He said, Jesus also spoke this parable to some. Not everybody, but there was Pharisees there. And it's not all the Pharisees, but it's some of the Pharisees who trusted in themselves. What do we mean by that? Trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Basically, here's what it means. It means that these individuals were trusting themselves to be able to make it into heaven. They're trusting in themselves. When they stand on the day of judgment, they're trusting that they're going to be good enough to get in. Now let me tell you something. That's not just Pharisees. Today, majority of people think the way I'm going to get into heaven is by my goodness. So they've got this ideal. There's kind of like scales. And that if I can be able to do more good things than bad things, I'm going to make it into heaven. If I can do more good things, then that means that I'm good. Here's the problem. When it comes to committing a crime, the judge is not necessarily interested in how many good things you've done. The judge is interested in whether you committed the crime or not. If you're guilty, if we're speeding, say I get pulled over for speeding. Maybe I'm going, say, eight miles over the speed limit. And he, the officer comes up and I say, well, you know, there was somebody just ahead of me going 20. And there was another person that was going 15. And there was somebody else going 10. He's like, yep. But you were going too fast. I didn't catch them, but I caught you. And you're guilty. See, that's the problem that we have. Now, I could have said, well, listen, I'm a good driver. I do all these great things. Yeah, but you're guilty, and I'm writing you a ticket. These people, they thought, I'm good, so I'm okay. And I don't have to worry about making it into heaven because I'm going to get there on my goodness. Not only do they believe that, but part of the reason they believe that is because they compared themselves to others. Notice it talks about them despising others. The reason they did that is because they compared themselves to other people. You can make yourself look pretty good when you compare yourselves to other people, especially if it's the right people. 
You can stand and you can put your goodness next to somebody else and say, boy, I'm coming out really well here. Here's the problem with that. On judgment day, it doesn't work like that. We're not going to compare you to other people. You know what we're going to compare you? We're going to compare you to the law, to the Bible, to the Word of God, to the standard that God has given us. That's what you're going to be compared to. How did you do with the Bible? And so the Bible lets us know that we're each one guilty. We've all fallen short. So that was a problem. And then here's the third thing is they despised other people. That word basically means they condemned others. They had no tolerance with other people. They looked at others and they just, they basically looked down upon them. They had contempt. They felt like these individuals are no good. And so they condemned others around them that was not like them. They condemned them. Now, now Jesus then began to speak. And he says, two people went to the temple. We got a Pharisee. We got a tax collector. Now, you talk about extremes. Jesus is telling us about extremes. The Pharisee was considered as far as being religious, as religious as you could get. The tax collector, they would be considered as far as low down as you can go. Because... The Roman government, they worked for them. And they just felt like if you work for the Roman government, that means you're a traitor. And a tax collector, they collected taxes for the Roman government. And then if they could get extra, they could keep it. And so they would end up cheating or overcharging their own countrymen so that they could get rich. And so people considered them as betrayers. They considered them thieves. They could consider them about as low as you could possibly go. And they hated the tax collector. So when Jesus began to tell this parable, people are immediately going to say, okay, the Pharisee is going to be the hero, and the bad guy is going to be the tax collector. And so Jesus begins to share. First, he tells us a little bit about the Pharisee. Notice with me. What Jesus says in, in verse 10 about the Pharisee. Two men went up to pray. One a Pharisee, the other tax collector. Verse 11 said the tax collector stood. So basically the ideal is he's standing up in prominence. You know, they actually wore on their head the phylacteries, which is like a box that had passages of Scripture on it. And so the Pharisee, he would think that he looked really good. And so he would go to the temple, and he would go up front. Now, he's not coming with anybody else because he doesn't want anybody else taking away his glory. And he's going up front, and he's going to pray. Now, for the Jew, there's about three times that they would go to the temple for prayer. Nine in the morning, noon, three in the afternoon. Now, Jesus... In the Sermon on the Mount, he spoke something about that. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He said, when you go to pray, don't be like the hypocrites. We're talking about people like this Pharisee. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the street that they may be seen by men. This fella is coming to pray, and he knows he looks good. 
And he's coming up front and he's probably praying loud. Because he's praying where people can hear him and be impressed by him. Now it's interesting here in verse 11 that he also says he prayed thus to himself. Do you see what Jesus said? He's praying to himself. This fellow is not really praying to God. Although he addresses God, he said, God, I thank you. His prayer is actually to himself. He's praying and bragging and boasting about himself. It's almost like he's patting himself on the back. This whole prayer is about him. Notice, it's not about God. He's not trying to say, God, how great you are. He's not honoring God. He's not glorifying God. He's not praising God. He's not asking God for anything. He's just telling God how great he is. He's praying to himself, and he's praying so that other people can hear. Now, prayer, real prayer is talking to God. Real prayer is not talking so that other people can hear. It's not talking so that I can lift up myself. It's talking with God. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have public prayer. I believe we should. But prayer is to God, and he's left God out. So he stood tall. He stood prominent. He's loud. He's praying to himself. And he's... Now, we're going to look at his prayer, but before we do, let me remind you this. Albert Eggerstein, he was a... Jewish historian, and he wrote a book called The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah. And when he kind of he basically looks at the Jewish beliefs, the Jewish standards, and all that, all that took place back when Jesus was living. And so in his book, he quotes from a, a prayer that a rabbi had given. And so here's what it said. This is this is quoting it. I thank thee, O Lord, my God that thou has, made, has put my part with those who sit in the academia and not with those who sit at the corners. In other words, I'm just grateful that I'm not your everyday ordinary person. For I rise early and they rise early. I rise early to the words of the law, they to the vain things. I labor and they labor. I labor and receive a reward. They labor and receive no reward. I run and they run. I run to the life of the world to come. They to the pit of destruction. You see, when I said that uh, the Pharisees had contempt for others, they really had contempt. They really thought other people that weren't like them were headed to hell. And it didn't bother them that they were headed to hell. In fact, they were, seemed like they were pleased about it. So as we began to look at this prayer, Jesus is not just making this up. Jesus is giving us a glimpse at their heart. This is what the majority, or a good part of the Pharisees, this is how they felt. And so when Jesus is telling this prayer, they're probably thinking, yeah, I, I agree with that. I can understand that. So notice his prayer. Verse 11, he said, God, I want to thank you. I thank you I'm not like these other men. You know, I really believe that in everything that you do, when, you worship, when you're working, when you're working and you're productive 
when you're a farmer or when you're, uh, you're doing something that makes a difference in society, I believe that we, when doing a good job, we're worshiping and honoring God. I really believe that God's pleased with that. These Pharisees, they seem to look down upon people that for some reason weren't just like them. And so he just, he begins to say, he said, Lord, I'm thankful I'm not like other people. I'm thankful we're not, a, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm an, not an adulterer. Probably a good portion of them weren't either, but they just, they just felt like, well, if they weren't, they're probably going to be. And they condemned them all. And then he happens to look up and he sees at a distance there that tax collector. And he said, and I especially thank you, I'm not like that tax collector. Can you imagine saying that out loud? I'm praying and I say, not like the tax collector. And pointing him out. That's the Pharisee's prayer. So verse 12, he says, you know, I fast twice a week. I have to admit, that's pretty impressive. Is there anything wrong with fasting? I think fasting's a good thing. Being able to show that you are serious with God. But I also remind you that in the Sermon on the Mount, that Jesus made it known about fasting. Fasting, prayer, giving, that's all personal. It's supposed to be to God. And the Lord doesn't like it when we're basically patting ourselves on the back and letting other people know how great and spiritual we are. And so he pointed out that there was some of them that they passed, they, they fasted on Mondays, Thursdays. That's a lot of times when the biggest crowds would come. And then they would make themselves look like where everybody could tell, oh, they're fasting. Because it made them look spiritual. Fasting, yes, can be a very spiritual thing. But it's not something for us to be able to brag about. And then notice he says, and I tithe on all that I possess. Friend, it's good to be able to tithe. I think that giving to God, that's what we should do. Bring our tithes, is what Malachi says, to the storehouse. It's good to be able to tithe. But once again, it's a personal thing. And God doesn't want us being able to brag. And if the only reason that you are tithing is so that you can get rewarded or people can see you or think that you're so spiritual, Jesus said that is your reward. Then Jesus says the tax collector prays. Now, by the way, people listening, they would have said, yeah, that, that's great. And you also know that when Jesus one time on the Sermon on the Mount said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you can't enter the kingdom of God. It meant a lot of people said, what? I mean, you got to fast more? You got to give more? No, but you do have to be righteous. And those guys weren't righteous. It's not about what you do. It's more than that. It's more about the inside. The tax collector. He begins to pray. And so notice the tax collector, what it says about him. The tax collector was standing far off. Why was he standing far off? Because he didn't feel worthy to be able to be close to God, to be close to the temple. And so the tax collector is about as close as he can get. And so he's standing at a distance. You know why? Because he's coming to church. He wants to be able to pray. He wants to be able to talk to God. There's a lot of people that feel unholy, unclean. Feel like they have to come at a distance. Also notice about the tax collector. 
He would not raise his eyes. He kept his head bowed. He knew he was unworthy. And so he comes, but he's unworthy. Then notice what it says. Not only he began to beat his breast. And what he's saying here, this is a sign of somebody that's in mourning. Somebody that is broken hearted. Most likely, it may have meant he had tears that were streaming down his face. Here's a fellow that was contrite. Realized that he had made a mistake. You ever made some choices that you wish you'd never made? Is there a chance? Is there a second chance awaiting you? This tax collector, who could we compare him to today to help us to be able to understand who we're talking about? I mean, he was hated. Maybe if we took somebody that sold drugs, a drug pusher, this drug pusher shows up. This drug pusher is afar. And you'd have to admit, let's just say that we all know that this person's selling drugs. We'd be pretty skeptical. Do we want this person here? This person selling drugs, they show up. They stand at afar because they know they're not trusted. They don't even lift their head. And then, tears come down their face. Then the Bible says that this person, the tax collector, said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. By the way, the word merciful here. Have you ever heard, read in the Bible about the Day of Atonement? Atonement. The very same word that's used for the Day of Atonement is the word that's used here, merciful. So he's saying, Lord, give me atonement. A sinner. What's he asking? I want my sins forgiven. I want to be clean. Remember David's prayer in Psalm 51? Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Wash me. Clean me. Here's a tax collector that just regrets a decision that he made. And so let's just say that there's somebody that's like a drug pusher. They regret it. Innocent people have had their lives ruined. And now they say, Lord, I wish I'd never got into this. I, I want out. Forgive me. There's people today that's made bad decisions. They've ruined marriages. They've ruined homes. And they may say, Lord, I want a second chance. Have mercy. Forgive me. Some of us would really be skeptical, say there's no way. I want you to know this about Jesus. God sees the heart. God knows when we're serious and when we're not. Now, see, you can come and you can fool me. You can fool everybody here. You can play a game. But God knows when inside you're brokenhearted and you're ready to change. Here's what Jesus said about this tax cutter. He's the one that went away justified. See, that would have been a shock. What? He's the one that went away forgiven. He went back home. He's forgiven. What? This tax collector, he's awful. Yeah, but he realized how bad he is. And he come confessing sin. He come with a contrite heart, ready to change. And the Lord's willing for him to change. And you know what? Matthew, the apostle Matthew, was a tax collector. 
Matthew is now a disciple. He didn't stay a tax collector. He changed. Change can take place. Jesus Christ gives second chances. Jesus forgives sin. He helps people to get restored and get back on the right track. Zacchaeus. We're going to read about Zacchaeus in a couple of chapters. You know, it could be that Zacchaeus doesn't say that. I don't know. Just a speculation that maybe Zacchaeus heard Jesus. And maybe Zacchaeus begins to think, a second chance? An opportunity to do what's right? To know God, to have forgiveness, prepare for eternity? Maybe what takes place in, a, in, in Luke 19 happens because Zacchaeus heard this message. You see, sometimes change doesn't happen right away. Sometimes you hear a message and the Lord begins dealing with you. And you think, ah, I just don't know. Is it possible? Could I really be forgiven? Is this really something I want to do? And God is working and moving in your life. Could be that today you've heard a message in the past and you've not been able to get that out of your head. Maybe you heard a song on the radio. You can't get it out of your head. Is God really dealing with me? And He is. You can sense His Spirit right now. Here's your chance to come and be able to receive forgiveness. This fella begged for mercy, for atonement. You know what Jesus said? He's the one that went away justified. What's that mean, justified? That means if you stand before the judge, God, you're acquitted. How could that happen? Because Jesus Christ paid the penalty of sin. He went to the cross so that you and I could be forgiven. He shed His blood. Atonement, animal sacrifice, blood was shed. For sins to be forgiven, blood had to be shed. Jesus shed His blood. Jesus wants your sin to be forgiven. He paid the ultimate penalty for you. Now, it could be that somebody's here and, and maybe you're like, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm as bad as a tax collector. But you know you need forgiven. I'm not sure that I, I've not done the... Listen, if you've sinned, you've sinned. You've fallen short. Today you can be forgiven. You can receive mercy. You can have peace with God. Every one of us, we look deep down within our hearts. We desire to know God, to walk and to have peace with Him. You can have that today. Jesus said this man went away justified. He got honest. He got real. He shared with God. He cried out to God with humility. By the way, Jesus adds, those that come with pride, they can't be forgiven. Those that come with pride, their prayers aren't getting anywhere. But those that come with humility, those that come that say, Lord, I'm nothing. I'm dependent upon you. That person can be made righteous. See, the truth of the matter is, nobody is getting to heaven on their own righteousness. Your righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. 
Boy, they were religious. But the only righteousness that's getting to heaven is the, is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is wanting to come and be able to pay the penalty of your sin and give to you his righteousness. You know why? So that you can be in heaven. Only way you're getting there is through Christ. No way, no, there's no other way. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer. Lord, thank you for letting us come today. Lord, we realize today that sometimes we try to, sometimes we just believe a lie. Sometimes we find ourselves similar to the Pharisees, trying to work our way into heaven. Sometimes, Lord, we, like the Pharisees, we're trying to condemn other people. Lord, we realize that's not who we want to be. And to make it into heaven, we need to be righteous and we need to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And Lord, once we receive that, we realize that we're concerned about other people. Instead of condemning others, we want others to know the peace that we have. We want others to be able to receive the forgiveness that we've received. The cleansing. So I just ask, Lord, that today, that each person here, every single person, can be able to receive your forgiveness. Every single person, Lord, that today would be able to have access to your very throne room through Jesus Christ. They could have your peace. They could be in right relationship. Every single person could be able to have purpose in their life. Their life can change and can turn around. They can be delivered from the lifestyle that they're in. So Lord, I just ask that you would just provide the marvelous, miraculous act of grace. And may it be life-changing. And I pray your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.